What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Pod. We had a uh, we had a great week in golf, just not maybe necessarily for for Jack and I. We were at the Fortnite Championship. Jack, how did your weekend go? I feel like Danny Willett almost. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I I looked at that lineup. You know, going into Friday, going into Saturday, going into Sunday, and it was just a struggle to watch everything. We are uh, we are not starting out hot. You know, we'll blame it on the uh, the football being the main focus in terms of maybe distracting us from it all. But I I looked at it all, and Jack and I just didn't. We're not clicking on all cylinders yet. Give it a couple weeks. We'll we'll get into it, and then and then once Masters comes around, we'll be on top of our game. We you know we're just slow starters. We got to keep it enticing, keep you guys uh, entertained for a little bit. But we'll we'll get into it soon enough. Uh, as Jack said, it is heartbreak for Danny Willett. He having three putt within what four, four or five feet, feet, four feet, three and a half feet. I mean, we, we, we've all done it as golfers. It's just, we're not on the PGA tour. So it's extra heartbreaking for Danny. Um, he was fighting for additional status on tour as some of his status from winning the masters has kind of been the exemptions. Yeah. Uh, or exemptions have kind of been what drying up, I guess you could say is probably the best word to use. Yeah. Um, Danny Willett won the masters in 2015, 2016, Jack, I figured you'd know. And are you asked? I'm asking you expert about here. I think it's one of those two years. I figured, you know, the masters in 2016, my man, come on, come on. That was not bad. I was 20. I said 2015, 2016. I will take it. Um, close enough. I was close, but again, Danny Willett's starting to lose the exemption. So it would have been a great win. So he could have, you could have really played on tour all year then at that point and, and, and gotten in tournament champions done everything else. Um, it was an interesting grouping in terms of talent that played well and well and really well and really poor. Um, I mean, Max Homa wanted that. What a great chip in on 18. Like, listen, that is the thing that I think sports in general, um, and specifically golf are just beautiful at, where if you took a look at where those guys were playing, I think PGA Tour Instagram or Twitter posted about it. You take a look at Danny Willett from four feet and Max Homa to chip, and you say, which guy won? That is the beautiful part about sports. Going back to back at the same course is hard. Um, congrats to Max Homa. That's all I'll say there, the tempo king. So Max Homa has won five times on tour now, which means he is – he's slowly inching towards that elite level status. I mean, I, I I understand he's on, he's on the president's cup team. So people are like, yeah, Liam, he's already elite, but like there was always a small tier gap. I felt like with Max Homer where people never really gave him all the, all the credit he potentially deserved, but he's now won five times. Like he's, uh, he deserves a little more recognition. Let me tell you exactly why he doesn't swing hard. Tell you that's exactly what it is. Patrick Cantlay, if you take him and compare him to Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas, 99% of average golf fans are going to say that Justin Thomas is the better golfer or uh, Bryson DeChambeau or Dustin Johnson, even though that may be the case. uh, Max Homa plays what I call the Patrick Cantlay style of golf. I'm going to hit the middle of the fairway. I'm going to hit the middle of the green, or, or as I call it, Jordan Spieth Masters. Middle of the fairway. Middle of the green, try to make pars in every hole. If the birdie putt goes in, great, but it reduced the amount of bogeys. And that's why I think he's not in that, what you might people would call as the A-level tier. He's just right there, but he is elite. All I'm saying is that for our 2023 major tournament predictions, 
neither of us had Max Homa winning any winning any of the four majors and coming out of the gates winning the Fortnite like this I understand again Danny Willett probably should have won it but things changed and he didn't I I think now he has to kind of be in the back of the mind come major tournament season because it, it's it's just clicking a lot right now for for Max Homa he's just not making mistakes yeah, I think U.S. Open and PGA, he has a good chance. Um, I think Masters is going to be locked up to some guys that are gunning for it this year. And then the Open is as unpredictable as a tournament can get. Um, so I like his odds at U.S. Open and PGA, and that's obviously super biased coming from this week's win. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think that it was – I think he was very under-noticed, though, initially, especially by us, but by everybody in terms of – yeah, he's not going to – like, he's good, but he's not winning majors good. But now, like – He's winning majors good. He's won enough. He, I don't know why people were thinking that. Um, there's some brutal showing from some of the top talent. I'm going to list off some of the guys that did not play Start well. off with Maverick McNeely. Let's uh, just get yeah, it on Ma- the way. All right, so Maverick McNeely was one. Um, Corey Connors, he's my guy. That was, uh, that was a tough one as well. He was minus four entering the back nine on Friday. Just needed to not blow it up, and he, and he, and he, he failed. Uh, Cameron Champ, Jason Day, Davis Riley. Carl Yuan, Cameron Davis, and Webb Simpson. All very well guys. I mean, outside of maybe Carl Yuan, who was a little less known, but he was also the number one player coming out of the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, those guys were all 10K plus price tags. Maybe, maybe Webb Simpson too, but again, like high nines. Um, there were also great play by some relatively surprising names that we need to remember for the future. Uh, Taylor Montgomery. What was Let's that go. Third, third place third. third like solo bet win i mean that is a that is a very respectable first tournament by a by a corn ferry tour graduate that's and, what i was saying before is like if you take a look at montgomery and then sue um or so i really don't know how to pronounce his name even yes. though i watch him because i usually watch with mute while i'm doing other stuff yes. um i said sue's gonna come out all the pressure being the number one guy he's gonna do fine he did fine Yep. Montgomery, like you had said, I think mentioned before, he's played in some tournaments. He's got that backing with it. Yeah. So 11th in the farmers. That's why I remembered it. But yeah. So Taylor Montgomery, good to know for the future. Um, I, I, I cannot pronounce his name well, but it's like Byung Hyun An. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Byung okay. Hyun. All right. Cool. So I got it right. Normally he's I'd an old PGA name. Tour guy. Yeah. He was on the PGA Tour. He lost his card and regained it back. So that was, it was very impressive from him. I, I need to look a little more into him. I don't know, unfortunately know him well enough at this point. What? Yeah, I know. I need to do a little more research on him. Uh, Thagala, very respectable. Uh, Jack's going to love this because I'm going to stroke his yep, ego. I was just bit. about to yell right in the mic. Ricky Fowler. Who called uh, it? Who called yeah, it? Yeah, that was a good play. But again, hey, I said Ricky a day. So we both went New caddy, new coach, muscle back irons instead of traditional blades. I, I have stats on why Ricky Fowler did way better than he normally has ever done. A um, couple more names here that played well that we that were nice to see. Harris English, he's coming back from that injury. It's nice to see him play a couple of good weeks in a row. I mean, he's somebody that if he continues to swing back into things, I, I love seeing that low price. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, Adam Svensson kind of coming oh, back oh. in. Matsuyama only on Sunday. Well, all right. Yeah, he shot 63. 364 yeah, seven sunday. under on sunday yeah yes so he played really well on sunday outside of that he was media he was i mean middling and mediocre he almost didn't make the cut but if he plays well once a week and he finishes you know t20 uh, he did better he did better than he could have 
And then Adam Svensson and Mark Hubbard. Those are the last two I had in there. Um, this was a really bad week if you wanted some good momentum by the European team prior to the President's Cup. Uh, you had Hideki finish T21, so that's decent. Uh, Corey Connors missed a cut. Taylor Pendrith, T67. Uh, and Cam Davis also missed a cut. You kind of expected more from these four. I mean, I guess not Hideki, but, like, that's just kind of ugly from the four of them. Meanwhile, you have Max Homa, who who shipped the whole thing, and now is coming into another week for the Americans. So, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – I wouldn't say it's um, all or nothing in terms of let's press the panic button because the panic button was already pressed for the international team yes. and a lot of media writers. Um, I think Homa winning only adds fuel to the fire in terms of what the USA is bringing. Um, but much like if you take a look at the Valero before the Masters, I think Scotty missed the cut, Spieth missed the cut. And then he comes out and wins it. So I don't read too much into that, but it definitely plays a little bit of a role in terms of, you know, mental. Yeah. It's, it, 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 I think it also makes a role in terms of who's going to have value coming into lineups this week. I mean, yeah. Corey Connors missing the cut. Like you think people are going to go sit there and be like, you know what? Corey Connors had a really great week last week. So I'm going to go throw him in my FanDuel lineup today. Like nobody's saying that he just missed the cut. So I think he might be a little low owned and he might be a, an interesting choice. Absolutely. Um, just a couple of other stats that I that I re- got from the week. Uh, your driving distance leader was Byung Hyun An with averaging 337 yards off the tee. Your driving accuracy leader was Nate Lashley hitting 63.2% of fairways. Your greens and regulation leader was Ricky Fowler hitting 77.8% of uh, greens and regulation. Uh, just to clarify, Ricky Fowler was 186th in greens and regulation last year. So I think part of that has to do with him having his whole new team around him, including that caddy. I think it, that's yeah, I 100% agree. And let me just kind of point out why we're recognizing these stats, because you might be listening to going, why do I care about Nate Lashley? You know, these are stats that we look at, and mostly Liam, I just kind of eyeball it. But, yes. you know, we play a role in statistics, and some courses are built more for these fairway and green players some of these courses are built more for dustin johnson bryson DeChambeau. go out and ball and you can play it from wherever so these stats do play a role in terms of going forward and then last but not least bogey avoidance uh taylor moore led the field he had two bogeys all week yeah and uh, i think like three birdies or something like that it was just like yeah, five, five birdies two bogeys like 70 pars i'm like oh my gosh taylor moore okay like that was ugly all right. I just rattled off a lot of information, uh, but do you have any other additional thoughts or do you want to get into lineups? Yeah. Um, my last thought is um, much like if you followed every one of our FanDuel and DraftKings um, picks that weren't on our lineup, much like Bo Hossa, which I talked about was a super cheap option. He was pretty well. I think he finished top 25 yep. um, and then going over FanDuel and DraftKings lineups from last week. Um, DraftKings lineup, if you picked my lineup, you won. If you pick my fan duel lineup, um, if you did like a 50-50 double up style, you would have won um, DFS play more. So you most likely would have lost. We got right around the 400, 401 range. And most lineups were looking between like 415 and 425. Um, yep. So that's depending on where you're looking at. Yeah, I uh, I did not do as well. I, again, having Corey Connors and Brendan Steele in both my DraftKings and my fan duel really kind of shot myself in the foot. Uh, made it so I, I it was tough to win money in, in either of those I had bright spots I mean Austin Smotherman at 6400 or 6500 uh, finishing t25th 
that was a great low ball player to go to. Uh, I had Mark Hubbard, a T21. He was a good low ball player to get to. But just my guys on the top just just fell flat for me. Um, again, if you didn't, Homa was rostered in 43% of lineups. So if you didn't have Homa, you're automatically most likely been at 44th percentile within a lot of those contests. Yeah. It, it, just makes, it just makes things a lot harder to win money. And I had hedged my bets against Homa. The other thing that I'm annoyed with my lineups on, Jack, is that I, I talked up guys like Taylor Montgomery and things like that, and I didn't, I didn't throw any of them in, in my lineup. Yeah, I think for you like, specifically, <sighs> after watching everything you do in the last year, is you look at guys that fit a category or mold, even yes. though they might look good to a lot of play- like myself, like for Montgomery, I don't think I had him in. Um, I think I had him in both lineups. Actually, I think he looked good overall to me. Yeah. Maybe to the analytics side, to you, it looked different. So it just comes down to it, and that plays a role. It, it just stinks when you talk somebody up and then you don't throw them in your lineup. It's like it, it makes you feel like, gosh, like why didn't I just listen to myself sometimes? Like sometimes. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to feel worse about yourself, we can skip we'll the just, we'll lineups. Just go to bets. We'll yeah. just go to bets. So <laughs> I went one for five. Um, Denny McCarthy, top 40, was the only one that won me anything. Currently down 3.75 units. Uh, that will be improved because our goal um, was to beat last year and get to 50 units up. So we're going to have some bounce back weeks. Yeah, Jack going one for five. I didn't really do much better. I went one for three. Uh, Taylor Moore was my lone bright spot at top 40, and he just kind of snuck in. Um, So going one for three, I'm currently down 1.9 units. Kevin Strillman was tough. He shot 79 on Sunday. Um, Just just fell apart because he was inside top 40 all week it was it was tough to see but we'll loop it back around we'll get jack back up to you know 40 units in the positive and i'll just hang out and uh and do the best i can to bump us back up to 50 jack do you want to go over the uh the winners and the wild picks yeah well for sure so let's go with the winners uh maverick mcneely uh you're an idiot jack great job um and then taylor montgomery third so i like that one yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I had Taylor Pendrith and Brendan Steele, so I got that nice T67 and the miscut. Love to see it. So, could have been better. Yeah, well, could have been better. Couldn't have been worse. How about 0 for 2 on the wild card picks on my side? Gary Woodland, top 20, was an L, and Augusto Nunez, top 40, was an L as well. Good job, Jack. Uh, for my wild card picks, I had JJ Spawn, top 20, and Luke List, top 20. Those are both L's as well. We joked on, on my Luke List pick. I said I was taking a shot in the dark. We thought I was taking – Jack thought I was taking Tom Hoagie. Turns out I should have because uh, that would have won me my wild card pick then. But – Live and learn. You can't win them all, uh, especially on wild card picks. I'm not worried about those. Those are shot shot in the dark ones. We don't really bet too much on anyways. Jack, are we ready to forget that week and, and, and get to the President's Cup here? Yes, because if you listen to our podcast at the end of last year, you would have a lot better odds than that are out today. We'll there get into that. All right. I'm going to run through it real fast and give you some notes. We are going to the President's Cup in Quail Hollow. This is in, Char- in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is a par 71 totaling 7,550 yards. This is a long course. There's no way to go about it. Um, last year's winner, uh, well, there, it's every two years, but the Americans won in, in 2019, right? Because they didn't do it because of COVID. Just to give a little bit of a rundown of the format, in case you haven't really watched the President's Cup before, 
Uh, Thursday mornings will be going to foursomes or alternate shot. So the teams are going to play in pairs. There's going to be five foursome matches on Thursday, meaning two of the two of the 12 guys on each team will not play. Friday is four ball, where both members of the pair play their own ball and the lowest score counts. Again, there's going to be five matches, so two of the 12 guys are not going to be playing in that again. It, it's unlikely that's going to be the same guys that it is on Thursday that sit out. On Saturday, four foursome matches will be played in the morning and four four ball matches in, are going to be played in the afternoon. Then on Sunday, the contest reaches uh, its, its peak with 12 singles matches. So all 12 guys are going to play 1v1 matches on Sunday. That's really, I feel like, a, a kind of a highlight where a lot of people love to watch it. All matches are worth one point each, and if a match ends in a tie after the 18th hole, the point is halved. So if you'll see, sometimes on the betting odds, they're at like 13 and a half to 18 or 17 and a half or 16 and a half, whatever you want to call it. And the first team to reach 15 and a half points wins the President's Cup. That's, that's my notes. Um, so, Jack, do we want to kind of run through the lineups, really, in terms of the 12 guys on each team? Yeah, for sure. Um, right before we do that, should I throw up my bold prediction for the entire tournament to start us off on a hot note? Go for it. Okay, this is a hot take here. Hot take. USA's winning die double digits. Double digits. Ooh. Double. I, hot I, take. I'm starting off. I think international teams are going to be scrappy. I think a lot of the lines have, have the USA at five and a half to six. Uh, in terms of point favorites. So double digits is definitely a, uh, a little bit of a hot take, kind of a, almost like a wild card, but you know, uh, we're saving, we're saving those. We're saving. Yeah. Those. So I just thought I'd throw it out there. So I will go over the USA team coming in really quick. Um, all the way from Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Max Homa, Billy Horschel, Kevin Kisner, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Spieth, Justin Thomas and Cameron Young. So we're gonna we're gonna do it where we prop where we break down who we think is gonna be paired with who on the American side for these for these four balls and alternate shot fields. Jack, is there anybody in your mind that just makes sense to be hundred percent paired together? All right. Well, I'll let you start it off then. All right. Uh, I got four pairs right away that come off the top of my head. So first, Spieth and Justin Thomas. Of That's course. a go. They're a given. Um, Patrick they, Cantlay and Xander Shoffley. Oh, go ahead. Well, both, actually, that works because both of those pairs were also pairs at the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits, right? Yeah, four times in the President's Cup in 2019. I think Cantlay and Shoffley, I think they played all four times together. Gotcha. Okay. And right. they wanted this, so much connection there. They wanted um, Zerk, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. I think they're actually in real life some of the best friends. Um, it's what I've kind of heard. I know they vacation together and so forth. Um, and then Kevin Kisner and Max Homa actually played together in that QBE shootout in Naples last December. Um, so I think that's another one as well. I my only question on Burns is that I I, I think he might go with Billy Horschel. Um, he actually paired with Billy Horschel at the Zurich last year. So I wonder if they're going to kind of capitalize on that. Um, and then I think, I feel like we could do like Scotty and Finau. So I actually had that flip. So I think it's going to be Tony Finau and Billy Horschel. 
So that's uh, another bold prediction that I'm going out with. Okay. Um, I think because he played with um, Colin Morikawa last year, if I remember correctly. Um, I think Fino has that fire, and I think Billy Horschel is really going to come with some intensity. Yes. Um, so I think that's a good pair. But I think the other three, um, Cantlay, Shoffley, um, JT, and Spieth. Um, and then I think Burns and Scheffler are locks. Um, but I know that's obviously set by love and their team and not us. Definitely. I, I, I agree that Xander and Cantlay are going to be locks. I think the JT and speed, are going to be locks. I think Horschel and Burns might be a lock. See the challenge I have with this American team is that Cam Young seems like an outlier. Cause, cause in my, in, in my head, when I first thought of this team, I was like, Cam Young and Will Zeltors are going to make an amazing team but now will's injured so he's not here i'm i'm in a weird predicament where i think that sam with sam burns and billy horschel also being on the team my four guys left are kisner uh cam young finau and scotty so yeah that brings a predicament too because like you said not everybody plays yes Um, with kisner coming in he's not no offense to kids we both love him everybody loves him but he hasn't been playing great golf so that's where these bottom six guys, for lack of a better term, their lineups become a little bit different. Yes. Um, and then when you look at, you know, DraftKings or FanDuel lineups, um, you don't know who's going to play four times, five times, two times even, um, whether it be a playing captain. So that comes into it as well. I, I think the main reason that um, Kisner got onto the team is because he is a match play menace. And then also there's not really... I say this in a relative sense. There's not like a putting specialist on this American team. They're, they're all great putters, obviously. But I feel like Kisner is the match play putting. I'm not going to hit the ball 400 yards off the tee. So I'm going to go, you know, driver, wood, wood, one putt, birdie, walk out. Speed fans are coming at your neck this week. Ah, probably. All right. And uh, and and just be patient with me on speed. But, uh, but I think that the Kisner is kind of the one-off on the American side. And I think he has a counterpart on the international side as well that also fits his play quite well. Yeah, so I um, think Kiz plays two times. I don't think he plays any more than that. I agree. Maybe three if you're pushing it. Uh, but I think it'll be the rest of those guys that really take the blunt of it. Um, and then depending what the lead looks like too, you know, you might, if we're up four or five points going into Saturday afternoon play, you're not going to see guys um, shoving out there if there's not a guaranteed chance to win. They're going to let some young guys go and take it on singles. I get that. Um, do you want to go over the international teams, 12 guys now, or and then and then that way we can try to figure out pairings for them? Because I think their pairings are a lot more difficult to kind of come up with. Yeah, so uh, international team, Christian Bezuidenhout, Corey Connors, Cameron Davis, Sung J.M., Siwoo Kim, Tom Kim, K.H. Lee, Hideki Matsuyama, Sebastian Munoz, Taylor Pendrith, Mito Pereira, and in his 10th President's Cup, Adam Scott. I, I guess the, the first question is, if you're the international team, you, you automatically off the bat, no offense to the international team, you're outnumbered. 
I mean, you're all manned. It's just kind of the way the way it goes. So do you pair like Hideki and Sungjae and just be like, we need to win that match? Or do you break them up and kind of do a a stars and scrubs approach in your opinion? Like that 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 is where the mind and, and my mindset kind of comes in. Because if I'm going to be completely honest with you, the first one that comes to my mind that I think makes sense is Corey Connors and Taylor Pendrith. I think now, put the, put the let me stop you right there. Okay. Trevor Immelman literally came up with a quote earlier that says, I have every option available. I'm not going to try and pair two Canadians together, two Koreans together, two Australians together. I think that he is going night before who wants to play together and like put lineups together. Drawing, yep. drawing papers out of a hat. Just being like, cool, we're going to put Hideki yeah, with... Exactly. Hideki so that I think Munoz. there are statistics that I look at. Like there's four South Koreans, Siwoo, mm-hmm. Tom Kim, Sungjae, and KH Lee. I think at some point, some of those guys will get paired together. Yeah. Um, I think another one is Mito Pereira and Sebastian Munoz. Those guys are actually really good friends um, in real life. Um, you can remember that back to when uh, PGA Championship Munoz actually was in the parking lot waiting for him. Um, and then I think Hideki and Bezuidenhout would probably be really good together in terms of that really cool, calm, and collected vibe. Um, but other than that, I don't have like a pairing that I would go, this is who I would do. All right. Well, I have pairings in mind in terms of the in terms of the international side. So I'm gonna run through it. And it and and realistically, are two Canadians getting paired together? Eventually, uh, probably not. But I, but this is how I w- I would do it if I was Trevor Immelman. And again, this is me not being Trevor Immelman, having no say in how the Europeans should do it. Um, I'm doing Corey Connors and I'm doing Taylor Pendrith. That's how I'm starting it. I'm gonna do Hideki with Tom Kim because I want somebody with experience in Hideki and then somebody who is playing hot as shit right now in Tom Kim and I and I think those two could go out and easily win two three matches um our next the next pairing I have in mind is Adam Scott with either like Mito or maybe going down the board a little bit Cam Davis I mean, I think Adam Scott with one of these rookies is also very good. I'm, if you can't tell, I'm kind of going for a experienced international player with a rookie international player. And it's very strategic in the way I'm doing it. I think Sung Jay has got, in my mind, has got to be with one of these uh, yeah, young I, guys. I so, think Sung Jay is going to be the best player for the international side for sure. That's my opinion. I, I, think, I think it's going to be either Sung Jay or Adam Scott. In yeah, Adam opinion. Scott's got the experience. He's got the cool, calm, collected nature. I'd like to see. I know I said Adam Scott and um, who did I just say it before? Um, help me. Yeah, I'd like to see Adam Scott and Sung Jae go out. One guy's bombing it off the tee. One guy's sticking it close. That'd be a really cool one. But I think it's no secret that Trevor Immelman, Trevor Immelman knows he's going at a disadvantage because you put Adam Scott and Taylor Pendrith together you might get paired against, you know, Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. There's, it's just up to the cards and how they fall. Part of, part of this event though, that I make, that I think is very interesting is that because the, the Americans are home, they're going to list off their team first. And this isn't like predetermined. If, if they throw Xander and, and Patrick, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley in the first group as the Americans, as the internationals, I mean, again, no offense to them. Do you throw like 
Siwoo and and KH Lee and be like, go wild, tell me how it works out for you, and 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 try and try and last that match out as long as you can. Like, yeah, well, here's the thing: Siwoo's going to go out there and shake his ass. And uh, <laughs> if you sure. don't know that, go look it up. Um, here's the thing, though: it's golf. Like we talked about just the beginning of this, Danny Willett. If you take a look at the odds, probably had a 98% chance to win that. Yes. And Max Homa came away and won. It just takes one day. And you know, as well as I do playing golf, you can go out there and shoot 65. The next day you can go out there and shoot 95. It's such a humbling game uh, with the match play format, with the different play singles, you know, alternate shot and so forth. It does play a role. Um, so I don't think any team is, for lack of a better term, they're not going to sacrifice a point because yep. each one matters. But I do think in some aspects that Trevor Immelman's not going to put Sungjae and Hideki out there. Um, they might try to pair him up against a Kisner and Homa matchup, you know, for obviously lack of a better term. Yes, I, I agree. So I think it's that I, I guess we'll end it there. Otherwise, we could sit there and speculate over over groupings and pairings and how they, and how those guys want to run it. I can only do so much, so much thinking into the minds of, of older pro golfers, but okay. Did you have any thoughts in terms of, of Immelman and uh, Davis love picking such long ball hitters as their, as their optional captains picks? I think it's fun with it being quail hollow and it being a 7,500 yard yard course. Guys are just trying to bomb. Yeah. There. I think love could have made um, again, I love Kisner. So I hate saying this. I think love could have made a different pick than Kisner. That's the only one that I have difficulty understanding. Yes. Um, but with Immelman's side, he had to scramble at the last minute and yeah. pick guys. It wasn't like he had everybody available to him. Um, no doubt. I think all these guys are good. Um, I'm not trying to rip on, you know, anybody that was picked, but yep. I'm not reading into, you know, the distance factor here, even though it is going to be a longer style course. Uh, the, the, the only pick I struggle with, and again, I don't have a better pick for it and and honestly i i'm sure they're gonna play decent this week uh christian besweden howard is a tough one for me what yeah i think he's i think he's a tough pick i mean the, the i i think it's very interesting because you pick five other long ball hitters and christian besweden so in my head i'm like okay like if you go for a sixth long ball hitter you know who do you take and nobody comes to mind I mean, I mean, Bez is Bez is a hundred percent the best guy to pick out of that six is that six guy. It's just something that makes me think. Like, it, you could sit there and be like, well, maybe Lucas Herbert, but like, I don't know if he if he's you know beaten Bez in my opinion because he's just as putter heavy. So I don't know. That was the only one where I kind of scratched my head based on what else he was doing, but I'm sure I'm sure he's got a plan. All right, that's that's an interesting one for me to swallow there. That's my. I know, right I know there. you like Bez and, and honestly, there's probably a little bit of bias from all the money he's lost me over the last year, but I, I think Bez was just the one that stuck out to me because the other five are, are a little more similar in terms of their thought process. All right, Jack, let's, let's run through our drafting lineup here. Uh, what do you got for your six guys? A boomer bus lineup. And I'm putting that out there a hundred percent off the bat because it's dependent on how USA and Europe obviously play their lineups. Yes. I'm taking a gamble here. My captain is Tony Finau. That okay. dude was lightning at Whistling. Um, then I'm going into Cantlay. I think he's going to play five times. I think he's going out there every single time. I love him. Um, then I'm going all the way to Colin Morikawa. 
And Oof. I'm hoping that he a total boom bust scenario. I'm hoping he gets a little bit of magic dust, Ryder Cup, President's Cup dust, gets out there and starts playing out of his mind. Um, then I'm jumping down to Sung Jay, who is like the most ridiculous steal I've ever seen in terms of price, but of course that's dependent on performance. Um, then I'm going down to Cameron Young. Again, total boom bust scenario. Cameron Young might play four times. He might play two times. That's that's the hard part about this. And then I'm going all the way down to Cameron Davis. That dude, in theory, should be playing three to four times. Yeah. But who knows what Trevor Illman's doing? So you and I kind of took different approaches on that. I, I when I went through my DraftKings lineup, I tried to think of as many guys as I could that would play it theoretically four times. I, my my goal in my lineups was to pick guys that were always playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a couple of notes. Jack mentioned Colin Morikawa. His playing partner during the Ryder Cup was Dustin Johnson. Uh, so Dustin Johnson definitely would have been in this field, but of course now he's on live. Uh, he doesn't have that connection with anybody else though right now in terms of like people he's played with on previous match plays and things like that. Uh, so I guess in your mind, you're hoping for what, like Finau or Homa or something like that to uh, to really kind of push through? I'm hoping he plays Thursday with whoever, and he goes out there and plays like he's shooting 64, gets okay. the attention of love, and then goes out there and gets paired with the same guy and goes out and plays three more times. That's my goal. I'm telling I, I preface this. This is a wild card lineup. I'm going yes. boomer bust. I think Morikawa and Cam Young both have that thought process in my mind, by the way. Mm-hmm. And maybe that that's what makes them the pairing. Maybe they'll go out together and, and they'll just start. I don't hate that. Five times in a row. Uh, Morikawa and Cam Young. I mean, I do uh, not hate that. So that that's interesting. Sorry. I just had that thought on Morikawa after listening to your lineup, but my lineup, uh, my captain is Justin Thomas at 14, four. I think outside of Cantlay, who I agree is probably, likely to play all five rounds he's next highest on the american side in my opinion to play all five rounds um after that i'm going to max homa at 9200 i think winning this past week he's got good confidence i think he's going to probably play four rounds uh sung jm at seven four i think he's going to be probably the most owned but i think it's warranted uh, he's most likely to play five rounds on the, on the international side, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to pick Jordan Spieth at 7,000 flat. He is most likely to get paired with Justin Thomas. I think he's going to play four times. Uh, Adam Scott is 6,000 flat. I think he is going to, as the captain, quote unquote, unquote, not official, but, but I think it's pretty well known being the most experienced international guy. He is likely to play four times. And then my last pick is going to be Tom Kim at 5,600. Uh, he is not a long hitter, but he is probably one of the best hitters in, or one of the best players on this field in terms of getting birdie opportunities. Uh, he's gained an average of four and a half strokes with his irons and five and a half, stro- five and a half strokes tee to green over his last five events, and he is hot. So I think he will play four times as well. Yeah, you definitely went the more safe approach, that's for sure. I, again, I'm going for guys that are playing a bunch of rounds. The more guys that play more rounds means more opportunities for me to get points. If guys want to go boom bust and their guy only plays twice and my guys each play, you know, four or five times, it's a lot easier to win that way. So those are our DraftKings lineups. Uh, FanDuel did not have anything out at time of recording or possibly not in the future. So we're just going to jump right into our bets and we each have two this week. Yeah, we, uh, we're limiting bets. I mean, 
it's 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 a tough world out there. We don't have matchups right now as of as of Monday evening at about 8:30, Um, with matchups, I feel like I would have probably had another three. Minutes. Yeah, three to three to thirty, depending on what I saw out there, what I liked. Um, but right now we're keeping it we're keep, we're keeping it light just because we don't we just don't have all of the all of the the information out right now. Yeah, and if you guys, I'm sure you'll take a look at the odds. It is ridiculous. You're either looking at a minus 300 or a plus 6,000. So there's not a lot of options out there. So Liam, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with your two bets? All right. So my, my bet from about six weeks ago that I am carrying over, I don't care if you, if you're like, Hey, you can't do that. Like that's not what the odds are right now. Well, that's tough. Cause I put that bet in when it was that number. And so I currently have the money already in on it. Uh, I got the Americans to win at minus 330. So that is my first bet. My second bet, I've I've determined on how I wanted on which direction I wanted to go. I have the top international. What's up? I'm gonna stop you right there because at the time of recording this, <laughs> you changed your bet. I so I just want the people one. to know we are having a stinker tanker on the spot. Yes, I, I tinkered it right before I uh right like quite literally on the podcast, right as we started. Um, I initially had the top USA uh, debut player uh, as a scorer being Scotty Scheffler. I actually switched it. I have now the top international debut scorer, Tom Kim. He is plus 300. He is my my other bet in terms of that. So I'm switching from Scotty Scheffler as the, lone, as the uh, top debut American to Tom Kim. I think just because in my head, Scotty has a lot more competition for the top debut American, um, especially with Colin Morikawa and Homa both being there. I think they could both be dangerous this week. Yep. You just got to hope that Kim plays as much as uh, Scotty, JT, or Cantley would have played. That's the only thing I'm afraid of. I have to think. I mean, the dude is young. He's got fucking energy up the wazoo. He played like 12 straight weeks to end the year and then took two weeks off. This dude is got to just be hyped out of his mind to play so he's got to have all the energy to it i'm hoping he does <laughs> and then i will jump into mine obviously we spoke about this a month month and a half ago usa to win i was incorrect uh four weeks ago when we talked about this um i was locked in at minus 325 and if you look the lowest i'm seeing at a time of recording is minus 700 so if you locked it and we told you to you're doing it right there's there's some that are minus seven fifty too. I've seen some of those, but yeah. seven hundred is kind of the standard. Um, and then last but not least, I have day one leaders USA minus two fifty. We're not looking for crazy winnings here. We are looking to get back in. Um, day one leader. These guys are coming out with the fire pairings. European side, international side is really going to try and scramble to find that chemistry. So I think USA is coming out with a commanding lead. So I'm actually really mad at Jack on this bet because I realized after I did it. So as I said in the in the beginning when we got in the President's Cup, Thursday morning is is the foursomes and the alternate shots. Uh, since 2005, the U.S. team has dominated foursomes and alter, aka the alternate shot format, leading 50 and a half to 20 and a half over the international team. So day one leader at minus 250. Yes, it's a favorite. But with, with them being up by 30 points since 2005 in that format on Thursday, it makes sense that that's a good bet to take. Yeah. Um, and then 
let's just say it together on three. What are our winners picks? One, two, three. USA. Yeah. yeah. USA. That's it's unfortunate. Um, do I think the Europeans have a chance? Of course. Statistically, it's minus seven hundred at the lowest. It's yep. gonna be USA. Yeah. Plus we're biased. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be tough for them. Um it I mean, I just I, I think they're eventually just gonna get worn out and overmatched. So all right, so I'm going to jump right into our wild card pick since we glamorously talked about our winners. Um, day one point correct score, USA three and a half to the international one and a half. I'm going plus 450 on that one. I think international will sneak out probably a win and maybe a tie, uh, but I think USA is going to come out commanding. That's plus 450. And then I'm going top weekly point score, Justin Thomas, plus 900. If you ever watch him in the Ryder Cup or President's Cup, that dude will fist pump in your mouth. This guy loves these events. He's coming in this week. I I actually had a, a similar thought process on it. Uh, good to see the jacket squad riding JT with me a little bit there for J- that Justin Thomas love. Love seeing that. Uh, for my wildcard picks, I'm going to do Justin Thomas as the top American scorer. He is plus 700 there. Uh, and it's nice because he's only got to beat half the field then as opposed to all 23 other guys. Uh, my second wildcard pick is going to be Sung J.M. as the top international scorer. That is plus 600. So, again, just beating the other 11 guys on his team. I think those two, again, most likely to play all five rounds. Yep, I like that. So those are our wildcard picks. Um, do you have any type of predictions on what the final score might look like? Uh, I'm going to say like 17 and a half 12 and a half is that what you're going with so that yeah. is plus 850 i like that one i'm going all the way usa 19 and a half international 10 and a half that right, is down. plus 1100 so those are our predictions those are just a little something fun we can go back these are not bets so we are not betting these these are just fun little predictions that we can reference back to you say 19 and a half, 10 and a half for you? I did. I think they're I think they could even go double digits, but I'm gonna slow my roll here. What, what was your odds plus 1100. 1100. All right, cool. I just wrote that down on the bottom. We'll keep an eye on that tomorrow. Or not tomorrow, next week. Um <laughs> you imagine? Um uh, all right. So future. next week after this, we were going to Sanderson Farms, right? We're going right back to it, right back in oh the- yeah, we're right back in it. We're going to the swing. We're going no weeks off. No weeks off, baby. I'm, I'm here for it. All right, so keep an eye on us. We're rooting American this week in terms of the winner's picks. And, the yeah, yeah, winner's picks, American. Um, But after that, I mean, let's go out there and win a bunch of money this week, and then let's get back into the swing of thing. We're going to Sanderson Farms after that. I mean, it's going to be a great week. Let's go out there, win a little bit of money. Go USA, baby.